But what I'm saying, see, Randy Hills is upstairs with his hand on that little button that could cut me off. See, Randy, if I start saying something again that I shouldn't about you running that road smoking crack. Hey, oh, oh. Yeah, that's not true. Oh, oh, That's oh, not oh, true. Oh, yeah, Dave. It is true, and Randy Hills has confessed. Well, well now, let me tell you what we can do. Oh, you, okay. you have a point. You have a point. Oh, okay. well, there are certain it. things we can control. There are certain times we can cut the microphones and go to commercial. And okay. I think now is okay. one of those times. Hold it, Dave. Let me say one more thing. You give everybody else their chance, right? Watch, watch what you say. I watch what I say now. Now, listen. The first thing... Now, now right, hold on one second. Listen. The first thing... Somebody showed me a tape right just to come out here and went, oh, I, I'm Doug Gilbert and Jerry Lawler. I'm going to stick my fist in your mouth. Well, come on, Dave. I ain't that corny. I just said, you know I'm Doug Gilbert and Jerry Lawler. You raped a little 13-year-old girl. come on. <laughs> this is all. For those who do not know, the biggest wrestling spectacular Names from all over the country. Former champions, I've never seen anything like it. Eddie Graham, Florida Promotion, Vern Gagne, Superstar Billy Graham, Road Warriors, Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, Bill Watts, Jerry Jarrett, Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkle, this is Cigars and Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hello and welcome to Cigars and Conversations, episode 39, brought to you by our good friends at all the gimmicks and iTunes and all other good places you can catch podcasts. I'm your co-host, Jay Gilke, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from dweeb to loser, awful, just awful. A wrestler, manager, commentator, and trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and who only last week, in front of over 8,000 people, chokeslammed a stagehand through a table. With 20 years of experience, he's a true renaissance man with unlimited knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, I am speaking of the one, the only, the incomparable Derek St. Holmes Esquire. Hello, Derek. Hello. Okay, so much to unpack with that. Yes. Okay, first, uh, episode 39. Yes. 39 was my number in junior high school football. Oh, very good. Thank you very much. Uh, two, let's see, how can I state this delicately? Found out that gentleman that went through that table. Yes. Is Eskimo Brothers with several of my wrestling brethren. What do you mean? I'm not going to go into any more detail than that. All right, then. Interesting. Really? Yeah. I did not know. Neither did I. Wow. I was quite happy to find that out. What did you think? Did you have a good time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh. Is this where I'm going to put you? You're going to make me put you over on no, the No, I don't want you. No, not at no, all. No, but because of you, I got to appear in front of the most people I'd ever appear in front of. So You're welcome, but that's not what this is about. It's about experience. You know that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, kid? I got a lot of it, buddy. You know, it's None like, of it good. Something like that. It was just fun to do. Because it just becomes another thing, like, and then we did this this one time in front of all these people. Yeah, um, and I I did ponder on that as I was sitting in the office today. Yeah, like, oh yeah, on both nights I got to wear a mask and beat people up. Yeah, see, so it works out pretty good. 
The um, somebody else went to a play with their kid, right? Yeah. So, and I think that just it it is interesting to be at a place that has so many people and oh, you know, people cheering like we talked about it, and you can't really gauge it when you're down there. I mean, it's eight thousand. It's not like something huge, but it's still just kind of like it a wash different. of noise. Yeah, it was different. Yeah. It is that whole to the situation where uh, they were by no means rabid. No, not at all. Yeah. But they were into it. Well, they had nothing else to do. Right. No, that's true. But <laughs> you just it's like we're down there. I felt it was respectable. I felt it got over what it needed to get over of here's the kooky local wrestling thing. They did what's generally perceived as a wrestling spot and we got off quick. And I right. think that was the important part. And that was it. It was just a quick thing. Hello, I also entertained myself with how other wrestling personalities that I am aware of would have ruined that spot and just made it horrible. And it would have gone on and on and yes. on and just like, yes. Well, that's when you have to realize it's not about us, of course. It was right. about the show and it's right. about the city and putting everything else over. Yeah, but a bit like that, the timing is important. I mean, even this is where wrestlers always screw up everything. Like, I, I know you're out there in front of the people, but you do have to know your role in the show. Right. We, we were a commercial. We were not the stars. They were not there to see us. Right. So we were intruding into their world. We had to conduct ourselves conduct ourselves professionally backstage, which I feel we do. We make yeah. friends with people. Oh, did I tell you the best part of the evening? I don't know. No. I, I, well, I will in a second. Um but you have to conduct yourself professionally. But then most of all, you can't shit on the product that's there. Right. You know, you're they're doing you the favor by being there. So you got to right. get in and get out. And if you can't get it on the first take, then you shouldn't be there. Right. Exactly. So No, 100%. That guy was going through that table. Right. That's all I'm saying. But that was a funny, I mean, because that's even the funny thing too before. I know you're going to get into your part of it. But the whole, uh, you know, backstory a little bit with have, I had the meeting the week before. And they're like, well, what do you need from us? I said, you need to find an actual table. You need to find a folding table. And I'm going to be honest with you, they're getting hard to come by nowadays. It's true. Uh, uh, it's yes. the plastic tables. That's what it is. Like you can't. It's just the way of the world. So if I were you, I'd go hit up some Goodwills or go to some thrift stores and look and see if they have tables. Once you get that table, you need to t make sure that it, any. I want you to take all the hardware. You, you got to gimmick it off it. You just, know, you I didn't say gimmick it. I'm, well, just, I'm, I'm laying it out for. We're the, rounding for the story. Yeah. So, okay, sounds good. Sounds good. So on Tuesday, um, I'm go scrolling through Facebook and I see one of the guys Facebook update post. Anybody have a wooden table, a folding table? I'm like, oh boy. They said, like, we're already in, off to a bad thing here. <laughs> so then I'm looking, and I see that um, the message goes back up again. I think it was on Wednesday or Thursday. So they're not having any luck finding it. So uh, the guy, Greg, that we dealt with, nice guy, sure. uh, he had texted me and just said, hey, make sure everything's good. I said, yes, make sure that table that you guys get is taken care of for us. And he's like, okay, about... Three o'clock, four o'clock on Friday, I get the text that says, "Hey, we don't have a uh, a, a table in the true sense, but we have a it's like it's a door." Oh, so it was a door. It was a door, but it didn't have like it was an un like done an unfinished door, door. Not unfinished door, so it didn't have like a doorknob spot or anything in it. Okay, it was just a long rectangle huh. that'd be used for a door that could get sized, but it was 
definitely like hollow on the inside. Yeah, yeah, you could squeeze it. So we get there. There's a million bike guys with all kinds of tools and things and and doing and gearing up. And, and all. so much exhaust. And so much I exhaust. I wondered why nobody died. Right. And uh, the guy goes, well, what can we do? I said, well, we've got to gimmick this table. We've got to put some notches because we had to get against the grain here you at the said door. That. I okay. did say it to him at one point. Okay. <laughs> but then you were reiterating it, of I, course. Don't go into it too much. But, but we... But the funny thing is, there was a moment where he looked at us like, Yeesh, I don't know where I'm going to be able to find a hacksaw in this place. And, like, the, and there's like, can you just step back there? There's 250 toolboxes out there. There's can you just make, have a blade make nice? Yeah. Yeah. So then you were able to do what you needed to do. Yeah. And everything went smoothly. And uh, yeah, it worked out really well. It was cool. Yeah. And there was a wedding. And yeah. That went. was weird. Uh, but no, <clears throat> as we were posed to go on, and this feeds into the wrestling pass thing. Just wait. Uh, as we were supposed to go on, there was a lot of people out in that little gangway area where we needed to go on. And this family came out with two parents and a little boy, a little blonde boy that couldn't have been older than three or four. And all of a sudden I heard them saying, hey, Joshua, or whatever his name is, look over there, look over there. And this little boy turns around and looks at us and says, wow. And it's the same expression, if you've ever seen the picture of Andre the Giant in the subway station yes. with the little kid looking up at him, that's the same look that was on that kid's face. And he just wordlessly walks over to us and turns around and without saying a word, like we just kneel down. <laughs> like we knew the, the picture. We knew the drill. It was great. And it just it felt really good because we had, you know, that was like the coolest night in that kid's life so far. Right. And I so. think another thing too that I wanna give you and uh, Mario credit for. Who? Uh, well, I want to give you guys credit. I like the idea of being a cohesive-looking unit, so to speak, out there, too, like both in Zubas, wearing Vanguard jackets. Nothing like, it, nothing like a good-looking unit, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, but I think but that's the, that's the subtlety. That's the... You need to have some kind of uniformity yes, or something yes. like that. And so it looks professional. And that was the other thing. We didn't walk out there and gimmick. It's like we're, we are representatives of blank. And right. we we're proud to represent the Vanguard jackets. Yeah, wasn't that great? Vanguard restaurant, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Check it out. Yeah, exactly. The, the Midwest Ribera. How you doing, Jim? Uh, so how cool is that, right? So That's I mean, it's, just, cool. it's a good look. Yeah, and it's yeah. like you see the pictures and you see everything and you say, like, this is a well put together machine of stuff going on here like they they yeah. thought about it we didn't just show up and we're like bingo hey we're hey, gonna we're, just do this do we get free beer yeah right we actually uh did that so great job that was awesome yeah uh just as a closer that picture of the four of us in the hallway yeah that's our album cover i know i was yeah. trying to uh i thought there was a, I get to play bass. a cheap trick album i think that looked somewhat similar to that one i was thinking but then i thought i might be wrong but um we'll We'll put it up, and then people can maybe the cover to Dream Police. I so and I like might in have been color. Off. They were. I can't remember. I, it was. It was something. I, right away, I said, "Is that like the cheap trick one?" But there's some album like that. We'll put I, it up. I'm sure there is. is. Yeah, with four guys just standing <laughs> Heck, there. It's the cover of Cinderella's Night Song. Oh, that's true. Hey, actually, if you ever get the chance, look at that and notice how different each one of their hand placement is. Oh, really? Like the, it's all different, and it's all strategic. See, I like that. I will definitely check that out. Very cool. Hey, uh, mm. at the top of the sh No, wait, because uh -oh. one of them on the cover has his hands in the finger guns. So it looks like he's shooting something. Yeah. I don't but, know. We, uh, I thought that was going to be the segue into what we were talking about. Oh, shooting. About. Yes. I was going to actually say at the top See of the show. See how I shot that question on you there? And we're, we're talking about 
shoots shoots right it's a shoot it's um, a shoot brother and we're starting up uh you know the show started out today with the one and only doug gilbert uh shooting uh so one of my all-time yeah, favorites making to be the comments with you. i uh i do not know much about this i always just attributed it up to cocaine as a hell of a drug well so let's we'll jump right into it we're talking about shoots and i'm gonna bring Baby. this one Yes, I'm, gonna, you, I'm going to uh, talk about all the ankles that will break now. That will be. Oh my god! Talk I, about shoots. TLC, right? I possibly. It's good. No, no, because it was talking about sex, wasn't that? That wasn't color me bad, was it? Was that salt and pepper? No, definitely wasn't salt and pepper. I had a thing for pepper. Okay. So sorry, you know. It's one of them. Uh, Kyle, can you look that <laughs> up? Yes, yes, it's very. De- I mean, it, uh, the song is "Let's Talk About Sex." I think it's. Salt and pepper. No, it's definitely not salt and pepper. Five dollars. Want to bet? Oh, yes. Five dollars. Yes, salt $5. and pepper. Okay. Uh, the, Kyle's looking at the song. Now. Is let's talk about sex. Song by Salt and Pepper. Son of a bitch. Yes. All right. Don't have to pay me right yeah, now. Yeah. Well, good because I need cool. it for tomorrow. Good. Uh, so, let's talk about shoots, baby. Uh, we'll talk about the Doug Gilbert <sighs> shoot in a second, but um, I thought there was a male vocal on that though. Not really. Okay, sorry. That's all right. Um, what, and then not to sound like a broad stroke with this question. Whoa, you're <laughs> kind of shooting on that there. So um, have I like, you... I like to call them skirts. And I, and we'll get into it later, later with you personally. Oh, okay. But have you been around any shoots, actual shoots that have happened? I've seen things break down. Okay. But never a orchestrated... Like targeted something going out there and planned I, on it. I, I did get asked one time to. This is a good story. Why don't you go into it? Okay. Why wait? Booked with a wrestling personality in a northern state that I have formerly lived in. A northern state? A, a northern part of a state I have may or may not have lived in. Okay. I just don't want to get too too involved. <laughs> um, caught a match with this guy. That was a local in the area that yeah. I had heard of, but you know nothing. Um, and I was amazed by when I told people I was having a match with this person, how it was 50-50 into the, oh, I hope you kick his ass, and don't worry, he's gotten a lot better. Hmm. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? Now, there was a wrestling triangle involved, and the couple asked me if I would be a little extra giving to this guy. Sure. You know, I just thought that was very odd. So um, when match time came, I went up to the guy and basically said, look, uh, listen, like, this is what I've heard about you. And somebody has asked me to hurt you. So are you just going to listen to me tonight or? Oh, nice. You know, it's like, you know, I just want you to know this has been said. Yeah. This is what you're going into the ring with. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And we had a decent match. I was able to sneak a few things in that looked like I killed him. Oh, really? But I didn't. So, like, did you I, tell him? Did you say? No. I didn't tell him. Uh, the people afterwards came up to me later and said, and they were oh, like, thanks oh, for doing him. that. I'm like, yep. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, very good. So that, but the first time was when I was first breaking in. And there was a match going on in the ring between the promoter and somebody we had rode down with. And something happened to the ring. And the promoter wound up like 
getting behind the guy, getting a rear naked choke on him and choking him out. Like legit choking him out. Yeah. And it was it was disturbing because the referee wasn't a trained referee, was a Kyle? No. No. <laughs> this guy was probably specially abled as well. You know? Oh, but really? he was yeah, in the family though, so he got to be a ref. So right, he was refing right. this match, but like didn't know enough to, hey, maybe I should ring the bell and just get these guys to the back or anything. So he was just letting it go. Wow. And we were all in back just going like, and lots that, of non-politically correct conversation that night. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, so that. And How then, long ago was this, would you say? Oh, 20 years. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it's been a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then... One time in Whitewater, I don't want to go into the principles, but there was a, a fight that broke out like in the locker room. Oh, really? And uh, I remember another friend of mine who was new, like went to get up, but I think another vet, not I, like he went to get up. It's like, hey, that looks serious. And the guy just held him back and said, it's always serious. Just <laughs> just sit down, let him fight it out. And, yeah, right. Let him get get it out of the system. Yeah. So you see that every once in a while. That's, yeah. But that's um, not as. I don't think you'd see that now. I think people would gasp and cry now. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, true. Okay. My favorite. Uh-oh. Not to bury anybody, but sure. anybody that knows this story knows who this is. Older wrestling personality got into a shouting fight with a younger wrestling personality on opposite sides of a banquet table. Okay. Okay, so if it's a long triangle, they are like both perched at the bottom quarter. Okay, yeah, sure. So things got heated. Finally, the older wrestling personality said, that's it, I'm going to come around there and kick your ass. And instead of going the short way around the table, he goes the long way around this table oh, waiting for somebody to come and hold him back. Really? It was incredible. How long ago was that? Uh, still long 17. Long time ago. I, I'm old, man. That's true. Speaking of an old uh, thing that happened, let's go back to that, uh, Doug Gilbert. Yes. Um, so... What we heard at the top of the show was a very famous and very popular uh, quote-unquote shoot incident that happened. Uh, when, Should we define shoot? Um, yeah, why don't you, as the Did this just break? As the actual hand here, why don't you uh Sorry, I got us. a new water bottle here because my old one broke and I was afraid. Yeah, it's a nice water bottle. It is. So what? Uh, how would you, as a worker in the business, define shoot? Well, obviously shoot means something that happens for real. Right. Shoot is the opposite of work. So, like, if you can wrestle for real amateur, it's said that you can shoot. And that's been co-opted into meaning anything that happens for real where you're not you're not portraying something. But then it, that leads to the shoot work where you're purposely using real-life terms still to build an angle and blah, 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 blah. Right, right. Okay. So, uh, if you were to believe Doug Gilbert's version. Oh, this, incidentally. Um, no, I'm sorry, that's just, fine. No, but I'm no, that's great. good to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, cause Doug Gilbert's thing is the, you know, exception that proves the rule or whatever. 99 times out of a hundred, if you see something on TV, it's not a shoot. Right. Because, you know, the promoters can control the output and everything. So if it gets out there, it's because they want to like, obviously now the, the cameras are everywhere and it's ruined sure. that. But back right. in the day it was. Well, if you were uh, to believe what he says on this, which you have no reason not to, um, <laughs> what, I'm just I'm, okay. I'm just saying. Uh, so he had just gotten back from Japan. Uh, he had been working in Japan and had flown back. So he had had a long flight, 
And when he got back into town, he realized that uh, Brian Christopher and a couple other guys, they were doing some promos where uh, they were making fun of the Gilberts. Okay. And he took offense to the fact that they had um, made fun of his mom right. and his brother. And that's the stuff that got him fired up. So when he sure. so when he came in that day and he uh, shot that uh, promo, uh, he uh, said that Randy Hales was in the back smoking crack, okay, um, and that he wasn't going to do anything about it. And then he went on and exposed the uh, Brian Christopher's Jerry Lawler's son, even though people knew, right, but right. It was still like I think it was like kind of the first time that it actually got. Right. Thrown out there. And then uh, he also mentioned about Lawler being with little girls. Yes. So, uh, and then according to him as well, after this went down, it was only, it was a, a matter of time, not that much farther along, that the promotion actually shut down or like lost TV uh, after a lot of that went on. Yeah. But again, I'm sure there that was also at the very squeak and end. A tail end of that. So that to me, probably one of my favorite uh, shoot incidents that... Uh, um, has happened in wrestling. And that that footage is kind of fun to watch. I really yeah. like. If it. I remember correctly, like once Jerry Lawler heard about it, he immediately drove to the station because he wanted to present the tape to the police. Right. Well, Doug said that he waited for about a half hour and Lawler never showed up. Okay. And then he left. Okay. So, but. I'm not saying that didn't happen, but right. I am saying a wrestler is telling the story. Uh, well, 100%. So, um, so. Another favorite one, too, just since we're talking about Doug Gilbert. Have you ever seen Doug Gilbert and Eddie shoot on wing in Japan? Oh, I was going to bring that up, that they had another incident. That so. was a great one as well. I never saw it. but It's I, funny. I'm sure it is. But that's... Um, Kyle, did you know that uh, scare, like monster movie, scary movie people were big wrestling people in Japan? No. So in the 90s... For um, some of the garbage, uh, not garbage, uh, but like hardcore. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to use such yeah. a bad term there. Uh, but like for like the hardcore wrestling approaches, like FMW and Wing and some of those other ones, um, they had people uh, dress up like um, Leatherface, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, and I, uh, Jason the Terrible, I think, was from Australia. I th- or he was from New. I could have sworn he was a guy that wasn't He's from Canada or Canada. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah. I thought he was, I thought I'm forgetting <laughs> who I'm thinking of. So I thought it was like New Zealand or Australia. I can't remember who Jonathan Boyd. I can't remember. Not worth it. Whatever. Rip Morgan. Rip Morgan. Uh, but anyhow, so they like would come Morgan. in. Uh, one of the most popular or famous ones was uh Leatherface, who was played by, or who was done by Corporal Kirshner. Yeah. So Corporal <sighs> Kirshner went over there. Such a bad wrestler. Yes. Just poor. Like, like there was, you had nobody else in your, in your batting cage, you know, just, but I mean, but he did Leatherface and that was kind of cool. Sure. So they would go over there and they'd kind of just walk. I mean, it's a trip to see. It's just, it's not great. It's exactly what you think it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I always thought it was funny too, because you have these poor Japanese guys that are like getting bleeding all over the place. And then. Doug Gilbert dressed up like Freddy Krueger wearing a mask and a sweater and like long pants. That's okay. like not. Just before you get too hipster on me, remember that this was always done in Memphis a lot too because Lawler was a big fan of horror movies. So they had the Dr. Frank and. Sure, sure. And, you know, all those monster gimmicks down there. But, you know, they would cycle in, cycle out. Yeah, but you would see. Are you okay, young Kyle? You look like you're going to fall asleep on us. No. Uh, you're, no. you're not okay at all? Oh, I am okay. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> now he's just confused from your line <laughs> Sorry, of questioning, Derek. I'm just, yeah, this sounds very stupid. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> say, say that again, Kyle. This sounds very stupid. Let's well, start the show. Yes. No, but uh, it's different. Let's just say that, Kyle. Anyway, it's, it's so different. they're doing these monsters. So they're doing this, mon- and then like they're mad at the um, the Man. booking that's going on. So uh, Gilbert decides that Doug decides he's going to take off the Freddy mask and pull the turtleneck down because he had a turtleneck underneath it. That was kind of a funny part as he's trying to, and then just basically kind of buries wing. And then yeah. Michael Myers takes off his mask, and it's uh, Eddie underneath that. What? And uh, then they start getting mad and kind of kicking around people, and they leave. It's kind of it's an interesting one. That's one on YouTube you can see. It's like yeah. two minutes long. Sure. Eh, but it's worth it. Uh, do you have any that you like? Any shoot in- incidents well, that you enjoy? There is a, another famous one in San Francisco when uh, uh, Buddy Rose called out Roy Shires for being cheap or something like that. Oh, okay. Like, got enough stuff out before they could cut him off on the mic. Yeah. You know, when he was leaving the territory. So, like, stuff's been done like that before. Well, which also, um, with the San Francisco territory, kind of brings us to the one that I think got me excited about this is what you set up with the uh, Knoxville Five. Yes. Because Roop tried to do the takeover in San Francisco as well. That's true. Do you want to talk about that at all? Sure. But just so you don't think we're hip and new about this, this is a piece of footage that only recently surfaced. Right. I think it only within the last like week or two. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very new. And from And we'll share the link on our Facebook page. Yeah. From from what I've been able to put together just from reading comments on it, all of these gentlemen were going against the NWA promoter, which I believe was a fuller in the Knoxville yes. area. Now I know that uh, Ron Fuller covers this on a studcast, which is a very good podcast, but You'll notice that his family always comes out on top. That's that's all I'm saying. Sure. Anyway, um, so they were going to break away, and it's rumored they recorded this piece of video footage where it's a group of known wrestlers that expose the business and admit to it being fake. They recorded this as their insurance policy against getting blackballed in the future, where if they tried to get work and nobody would hire them, then they'd say, okay, we're going to take this to your TV station and they will play it and we'll ruin business in your area. It's a fascinating piece of footage. Yeah, too, it's, it's very interesting in the whole, um, for those of you who haven't seen it, it starts out with Bob Roop giving a little summary of who he is and how he got into wrestling, but then he found out that wrestling is totally controlled and predetermined, and he says the phrase, I've never had a real wrestling match. Right. And to talk more about this, here's my friend Larry Simon. Larry Simon comes out and talks and reveals that he wrestled under the name The Great Malenko. And even does the face thing. Yeah, even does the face and his accent and everything. And that's, of course, the father of Dean and Joe Malenko. Um, And he says, I've never had a real wrestling match. They pass it off to Ronnie Garvin. Again, never had a real wrestling match. They go to Ron Wright, which has surprised some people. Yeah. Uh, We can get into that later because this is... That's kind of deep. But anyway, finishes up with a very young and bleached blonde uh, cowboy Bob Orton Jr. Right. Who, who says, I'm the youngest guy. I should yeah, be the last yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I'm here, you know. Uh, which is funny because he was never known for his promo skills. I'd always heard he had a stutter, but he didn't, okay. like, I didn't hear anything there. He just yeah. had kind of a gravelly accent or whatever. Right, right. But anyway, they record this. It's like 20 minutes long. It's just this piece of video footage, and it's said that that's what they were doing to protect themselves against being blackballed in the future. 
Now, this is supposedly remained hidden, but has suddenly come to light. Right. So, who knows, you know, well, and if you who notice, knows the circumstances behind that. You notice, too, though, that the it was only 20 minutes. There's more to it. Yeah, he says that it... it They're going to explain how... Uh, to yeah, bleed. how to get blood and everything like that. But I think this would have been... I, I think this would have been presented to a TV station as, hey, we have a TV show for you. That's why it was 20 minutes, because most half-hour shows are 22 minutes. Sure. And I think I don't think there were other parts recorded. I think that was just the coming attractions to get whoever. In, like, this was the pilot. Oh, to get what you... Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Um, it seemed like Roop was a bit of a uh, um, stir uh, of things in... Multiple places because oh, he did the same okay. thing in, in San Francisco, right? I mean, well, that was... yes, but I'm glad you use that that turn of phrase because I want to turn around and say, in his side, he wanted to get benefits for the boys. Sure. So it wasn't so much about, you know, I'm going to take over. His came from we're getting screwed and we need to have better, you know, a better yeah, shot. Right. Right. You know, so in some ways he was Jim Wilson, only he was a shooter and got pushed. Gotcha. And I hope he doesn't say that and it doesn't ever hear me say that because even at his advanced age i'm pretty sure he could kill me yes so well i'm not <laughs> back yeah, in the you, day yeah it I mean, was you what are you gonna tear do? my shoulder out yep um are there any other uh, situations popular ones that you can remember things that you've seen that you're like oh yeah like i remember that or that's something interesting as far as shoot goes uh, i have a bunch written down yeah that I, well there's I always back in the day there's always jack pfeffer doing his uh exposés to the press mm-hmm. there was one in 30 i think 19 34 or 54, I don't know. I, I read about it in a book in Saturday Evening Post where a wrestler named Herman Hickman exposed the business way back then. Oh, really? So there's been these regular things, but then they get hushed out or quieted right. down. And or it's like, do people, people really care that much? No. Right? I mean, that's kind of a big point to it, too. Right. It's just that it never really came down to like the caring for it all. And, and less entertainment options and such that kept them... Sure. Rooted in that. Let's see. What else? There's all sorts of, you know, guys getting stretched. Any favorite ones that you have seen? What do you match mean? Wise? Oh, like anything in particular? Um, I had a good uh, one. Like, have you ever seen uh, Great Sasuke stretch Dirt Bike Kid? He doesn't him stretch well, him, though. He just kicks the hell out of him. Kicks the, it chokes and uh, kicks That's him. That's not stretching. Then, I'm sorry. That's beating him up. Yeah, and then just chokes him. Stretching limp. is where you get him down know, and get him in a hold and you I'm stretch sorry. him. Just trying to move the goddamn show along here. Oh, with some oh stuff. that's fun coming from you. I could show you. No, Just go ahead, and lay okay. down. Easy. I'll show you. Easy. Kid. It's real easy. What else? Give me a. Give me a good. Do you have a good stretch one? Stretch. Well, no. It just. Oh, I got stretched on the floor of the Knights of Columbus by Spymaster when I was breaking in. Really? Yeah. Like on the floor, floor. Yeah, like in the lot in the dressing room. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what you can do. <laughs> and was he was ties that. me up. Starts. You can't wrestle. I'm like, yeah. I told you that. Is he still selling furniture at Colders? Don't be mean. I'm not. I'm curious. I don't know. It's the last time I saw him. Okay. I don't even know if Colders is still a thing anymore. Yeah, because they got the stupid commercials. Okay. Well, they have a uh, jingle. Do you consider. Oh. It's just, it's so hard because, you know, there's so much you don't see on tape. There's the earthquake and Koji Katao. Which is, is that hard to find now? No, it's on YouTube. It's still, you can, you can find that one? Yeah. And that's almost just like two guys not 
yeah, that's not cooperating. Right. See, here's the whole reason that the business became fake, quote unquote, is that shoots got really boring. The same thing happened at UFC before they figured out how to institute rounds was two guys would just go on the defensive until somebody gets tired. And then you get matches that are five hours long. Right, right. So real right. shoots are boring. So people think they want to see a shoot. They don't really want to see a shoot. Right. I, I think mean, a lot of watch, people's... watch UFC. That's, right. that's what it looks like. Well, I think a lot of people see stuff like um, what happened a few years ago with, uh, was it the Matt Bourne and Jim Duggan? Yeah. You know, where it's just like they're yelling at each other and like throwing. Yeah. So like, I mean, it gets it, tense, but, but is that, like, eh. it's not really a shoot. That's just kind of where it breaks down. Do you consider stuff where like the celebrities have gotten injured? Do you consider those shoot moments like the Hogan Belzer stuff or like the stuff? Well, that was. D? Yeah, those were well. Those are both protecting the business, right? Right. So yeah, there's but, there's all sorts of stuff like that, right? What did uh, do you remember when you were a kid and you saw those? Were you just like, holy shit? I think I was like, holy shit. No, well, but I was 15. Yeah, but you st- like you were just like non. I was I was you were still mad at, at the fact that Hogan, I was still like, mad at choked Richard Belzer on con- uh, No, I didn't see that. I just read about it. Yeah, I didn't see that until recently. But the 2020 thing, I was just kind of like aghast and i didn't want to put up with people saying wrestling was fake right and then i read the pwi article where they basically said we wondered what to do about this and then we decided we didn't care like oh okay yeah let's go and then that was that was that yeah i thought the belzer hogan one was um slightly unnerving to see yes because but hogan was the jerk in that one because he didn't didn't protect him right like he should have sorry, young, young Kyle. Have you seen is... this? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have to explain what these shoots are to people who haven't seen them. Fair uh, enough. I, I, I'm making an assumption about our listener group. Yeah, but, that's a good point. Uh, uh, no, this was uh, when Hogan. Kyle just brings the show to a screeching halt. <laughs> when Hogan and Fair T enough. were doing their publicity for the first WrestleMania, yep. they went on Richard Belzer's. I'm not sure, was that a national show or yeah. a local show? Yeah, it was, like a, it was a national show. Oh, okay. Like a little late night deal that he right. had, and Belter got kind of lippy, and Hogan offered, uh, "Well, let me sh- let me show you what's going on here," and put him in a front face lock and choked him out. Yeah, like he's ragdoll. Have yeah. you seen it, Kyle? Yeah, yeah like but he's here, unconscious. Yeah, he ragdolls, but then Hogan, like knowing he was ragdoll, let just, him just let him go, and Belzer drops. Belzer, Belzer, by the way, not Belzer. Whatever. I, Falls and cracks Belzer, the back Belzer, of his head. I don't even know her. Falls and cracks the back of his head on the floor. Like, comes to, gets up. You can see the blood going down the back of his jacket. And all of a sudden turns and goes to commercial, like, snaps in and goes to commercial. So Hogan choked him out and let him flop down instead of putting him down. Right. And he could have just, yeah, set him down. But he just, like, dropped dead weight. Just boom, just down. Yeah. So Hogan, I mean, I understand protecting the business. But then that was kind of being a jerk so i'm sure money exchanged hands there right oh yeah 100 percent. do you think that the um what about like the enoki and great antonio do you think that was uh, a quote-unquote protecting the business type thing or do you know that that was was, like anger because this guy didn't want to work uh lots of things anger and disrespect yeah uh, again, this is where they brought Great Antonio, who's actually a circus act. Who he was a circus act who did some pro wrestling. Right, right. Uh, the ugly was, guy. Yeah, well, known for, just yeah, known for being incredibly strong. Used and to pull, ugly. Used to pull buses around the. Yeah, he's not. He's not pretty. He looked like a like a gnome. Yeah, he did. Like a six eight gnome that yes. weighed like four hundred and fifty pounds. Anyway, has this match with Anoki, who brought him over 
because Inoki liked to, you know, blend the martial arts because he was the martial arts champion, you know, blah, 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 blah. So here he's wrestling a strong man. Uh, but Antonio didn't take it very seriously. And um, Inoki, who was the owner, <laughs> how can I? Well, I don't have to. The owner of a Yakuza-funded empire, right. you know, <laughs> that had to keep face, was looking like shit in front of this guy. So he snapped and beat the living hell out of him. You've seen that, Kyle? Like full-on, full-on soccer kicks to Kyle, the side I'm of the face. I'm not Kyle's a wrestling fan. He hasn't seen. Well, he's not. He just we're educating. I'm him. kidding you, Kyle. I'm kidding. I just gave him a little slap on the knee. I'm excited for this, it's this a, young guy. It's awful high to be a knee. Well. Uh, um, yeah, Kyle, I'll have to send you a lot of these links for you to see some of this stuff because it's definitely, I mean, upon yeah, first viewing, and there's it's a another comedian. Shocking. Was it Bill Burr? Yeah, Bill Burr does, Burr, a, a, funny... does, does a voiceover of it. Yeah. And you, but I like that because you can tell he's a wrestling fan. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but uh, Anoki just really lays into this mm. guy. Uh, speaking of, oh, okay, so I can pull this around to the shoot thing. Sure. Have you ever seen the, for whatever inexplicable reason, David Lee Roth spoken word empire uh, spoken word piece on Ricky Dozan. No. Yes, it's on YouTube and he goes it's like David Lee Roth cutting like an hour long promo on the history of Japanese wrestling and who Ricky Dozan was. Really? Yes, I I'm telling you. That's pretty amazing. It's in, and it's dead wow. on. So either he or his writers are intense wrestling fans. But we bring this around to where Ricky Dozan made his reputation in japan was for lack of a better term uh hiring a judo champion to come in and do the job for him but then suddenly flicking the switch and beating the shit out of him for real right and like the video footage of that has been broken down extensively and you can see where the guy's saying what the hell is going on right right boom boom boom, boom just boom. pounded on him who was uh wasn't there a, a japanese wrestler no Ever? Uh, oh, you're thinking of Ricky Chosu with the kick to the. Oh no, we'll get to um, uh, we'll get that to the I, Kira, to Maeda. Kira Maeda. Yeah. Um, but uh, was it uh, Ricky Do- Ricky Dozan that got killed by the Yakuza? Who got killed by? Yes. The... Yeah, he got stabbed in the bathroom, and the assassin pissed on the knife. Yeah. How about that, Kyle? Pissed on the knife. Which. Well, they oh, don't, no, you're no, not. You're gonna, not going yeah, to see that one. I was like, I haven't seen that one. But to this well, day, I, film I doesn't exist. To this day, I do not understand the significance of peeing on the knife because urine is sterile. I'm not yeah. saying. I, look, I don't want to get stabbed. Derek's always ruining a good thing. What? I, I'm sorry to ruin your talk about piss. Well, no, but I'm saying like you're always just took like, one before I came over here. You're just really good thin color because when you said it, it had so much power. When you're like, and then he pissed on the knife, and people that are listening to this were like, "No way!" And then you're like, "But it was sterile." Well, that's so. I've never understood that part of the story. I could understand if he rubbed feces on the knife. Yeah, you know, or just a nice green booger. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. No, you get staff because people carry staff in their nose. There you go. See, true story. Look it up. That's anyway, so he made his uh, reputation in Japan by beating up the judo guy. And then why was he killed? Do you know? Uh, the shoot I, of all shoots, by the way. I think he beat somebody up. Okay, and they didn't like it, and then that was like Well, he beat somebody up, or he may have beaten the that guy up who came in and did it later. Gotcha. Something like that. I do, there are two 
Actually, there's one really cool book on the Japanese underground that I read, but then, who is it? Pepper Martin is a wrestler who played the trucker that Christopher Reeve first gets beaten up by, then beats up yes. in Superman 2. Yes. That man was a, a wrestler with an extensive career. He was around when they first opened up Japan Okay. Um, to professional wrestling. And his autobiography is very thick, but goes into a lot of detail about opening up in Japan. And I got that and this other book on the Japanese underground at the same time, and it's neat to see how they parallel. Oh, sure. It's like, basically there was one uh, Italian guy that relocated to Japan and established this Italian restaurant. Oh, okay. It, 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 there, it's, you gotta, there's more to it than that. You know what was scary in Superman 3? Do you remember when that broad got covered in the wires and the computers and came out of the I never thing? saw Superman 3. That shit was freaky. Check it out. It's no, bad news. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, she gets covered in all Isn't kinds of... Isn't that the one with Gus? Gus Gorman? Um, Richard Pryor. that four? I don't even know. Which it's, one had Nuclear Man? Five? Four? Wait. Well, okay, so Superman 2. What was Superman 3? Um, Superman 3 was um, with was, Richard Pryor. So that that's where he was Gus Gorman. Is he, who was Gus Gorman? Richard Pryor. Was that his name in it? Yes. I don't. I just remember the freaky chick that's wrapped in the wires, man. Come on. And uh, what's his name? What's the name of the bartender in the cantina in Star Wars? I have no idea. You're a liar. You're a damn Kyle liar. knows that. Don't, and I should. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I thought I was throwing a stupid softball out there to show what a nerd you were. No, I down. literally do not know that. What? And Kyle, I don't even know who. You, I don't know. Oh. I just I tried to pick the most random character thinking they probably know a backstory for it. There is um. a backstory. I've got the book that's got his backstory. <laughs> ah, ah, Shut up, do you really? Ah. Of course. Welcome to you our do. podcast on Star Wars. Of course you do. Yeah, I could uh um I could see that. Um so let's I heard go. that Harrison Ford shot on that actor guy that played Greedo, like that was a real murder. Oh Jesus. That was yes, that absolutely. Um so speaking of getting stabbed in a bathroom, and we'll go through this one really quick. Robert Vaughn's <laughs> in Michael. Superman three, by the way, which is okay. I love super I love Robert Vaughn. Wait a minute. Battle Wait Beyond a- the Stars. I have to ask about getting stabbed in the bathroom to Robert Vaughn. Is he known for being gay? I don't know. Oh, because I took your stabbed in the bathroom. I thought you were gonna come out with somebody that had been no, I was caught actually, for cottaging like Sir of, John Gilgood. Just, no, or just kind of in a uh we'll go through it because everybody knows about it. Do you consider the Bruiser Brody stabbing a shoot, or do you just consider that was a no, that was a hit. That was, that was a, a hit. crime. Oh, right, that was like a straight-up crime. Where they, yeah. Kyle, please tell me you know about that. Oh, but, speak, don't. but speaking of shoots, there is a piece of footage from the very early 80s of Bruiser Brody kind of breaking kayfabe. Oh, is it really? Yeah. And even he gets out there, he's like, even I don't think it's a good idea if this got out and people knew my name was Frank. You know. He's like, hold on, i got to go to the ring and stand around while Luger hits me in the cage. Yeah, and people call that a shoot, quote unquote, but that was just non cooperation. Exactly. Which is really, you know, what a shoot is. This is real. I'm not, you know. So, uh, Kyle, can you break down real quick for Kyle the uh, invader, uh, the Bruiser Brody invader stabbed in the bathroom? Uh, just real. Long story short, Invader was one of the promoters or owners of the promotion, got into a scuffle with Brody and stabbed him in the shower in the locker room. And it took like, forever for yeah, but, the ambulance to get yeah, there, and Brody, beca- like, died. Yeah, it, it could have been saved. 
possibly. Who knows? Who knows? Just the the it was a you know a, a show at a stadium in Puerto Rico, so there was a big traffic jam around it. Um, Invader comes to the locker room, and says, "Hey, Brody, I got to talk to you about your match tonight." Pulls him into the bathroom, and people are sitting in the locker room. All of a sudden, they hear sounds of a scuffle and somebody screaming from the bathroom. They walk in, and here he stabbed stabbed him in the stomach a few times. Some people say he was trying to cut his throat or whatever, but then he just just left, went and changed his shirt and came back and wrestled his match that night. What? Yeah. yeah. Nothing happened to him? No, nothing happened. <sighs> nothing happened. Well, the extended story, nothing happened to him because Brody was a white guy in Puerto Rico and the promotion was tied in with the jury. There's a lot of it's it's one of the big unsolved mysteries of wrestling. It's generally recognized this guy killed him, but he didn't didn't do any time. And rumor rumors of payoffs, rumors of this, that, and the other thing. But you know, guy stabbed another guy in a locker room. Yeah, craziness. Um, uh, there's another story that has nothing to do with Bruiser Brody, but this is a shoot I heard referenced on a podcast, and they didn't remember the players, and it was driving me crazy because it involves one of my favorite wrestling names, Dandy Jack Donovan. Good name. Yes. See? It's good. Um, okay, so Jack Donovan is wrestling in Tennessee. This is when Jarrett was still in the office with, you know, blah, 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 blah. Still in the office with Gullis. Like, he hadn't broken away yet. Sure. And something happened in a match between Tojo Yamamoto and Jack Donovan, and Jack Donovan wound up sticking his finger in Tojo's eye trying to rip it out. Okay. So to get back at him, they all, like, at the TV studio the next day, like, they know Donovan's in a ring and in a room and back getting dressed. So they actually ask the McQuarrie twins, who are the two that ride the mini bikes, the big fat guys. I used their picture yesterday in reference to something. Yes, they uh, they did a they did a stint in pro wrestling for a while. Okay. Uh, who is it? Jackie Fargo, uh, Jarrett, and Tojo asked the McQuarrie brothers to watch the door, and they go in there. A scuffle happens. Tojo takes his wooden sandal and cracks it over Jack Donovan's mouth, and he's got to get like a hundred and some stitches, no, you know, Jesus. breaking his lip open. You yeah. Know? So it's all, you know, very similar to the whole uh, Rougeau bulldog thing. Right, just right. These deals that happen in a locker room, and it's like, come on, guys, this is how you lose buildings. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Come on. No, I mean, absolutely. That. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, you had brought him up earlier, the uh, Akira Maeda and uh, Ricky Cho shoot one. Um, that, um, the, the, for those that don't know on that one, it's I believe it's a six-man tag. Yeah, it's a six-man tag where Choshu has somebody in the Scorpion Deathlock and Maeda walks up around him and shoot kicks him in the face. Right, and I believe I'd seen that one. But then the one that always got me was the Maeda and Andre. And because Andre's drunk, I believe, in it. Probably. And uh, he just won't work. And so a bunch of wrestlers end up storming the ring to make it seem like a yes. schmozzy type thing. Uh, Andre doesn't work with him because he was kind of mocking his shooter gimmick because he was drunk. Some people say, some rumors say that Inoki was in Andre's ear telling him to do this, but who knows. But got to the point where Andre just laid on the mat and dared Maeda to jump on him. 
Maeda kept looking towards Anoki to say, hey, can I finish this? But Anoki wouldn't give him the high sign, so it just broke down. From yeah, there. from there, right. But does that's an old drunk Andre the Giant, a young in shape Andre the Giant that trained for fighting like that. Right. I don't know. Right. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, how many giants are there in MMA right now? So, But right. still, it would have been tough, especially in the... Like, that was before UFC, so if he would have trained to do that within the world of pro wrestling, that would have been an even smaller... It would have been more impressive because less people knew what to do back then. Sure. Do you, uh, what are your thoughts on, like, the uh, worked shoots? Does it just drive you nuts? Like, oh, yeah. Just, like, it's All just the time. working the boys. Yep. Kinda, working the a, boys does not sell tickets. That's uh, it's just for your own gratification. This guys jacking off for each other. Do you look at the uh, um, the old Brian Pillman WCW stuff as just work shoots that were just for his own? No, that benefit? was good. You thought that was good. It, it was it was great TV and did great for his career. I just read through that book recently, which is done. Sure, serviceable. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I, I like that. I thought that was really compelling. But that was also right about the time where I was breaking in and just learning. Sure. Like, that was fun to watch trying to figure out, you know, how to present a character. It's like you got to see a really good piece of work, right. you know, at a very developmental time. One like, of the oh, – okay, uh, this is good. For those who – I'm sure a lot of people have seen that. But for those who haven't, one of the big ones was the – Pillman was having the match with Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> and – um I, I'm speaking to our audience, but I'm mainly talking to Kyle right here. Uh, but uh, so Pillman's having a match with Eddie Guerrero and ends up sliding out of the ring at one point and puts his hands on Bobby Heenan. Pillman grabs Bobby Heenan like as if like to block him from Eddie Guerrero. And Heenan went on to say later on that he thought it was a fan grabbing him. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden he, you hear it and because Heenan, he was on the mic. Mike, all of a sudden he like, goes, what, what the fuck are you doing? Right. And Heenan got so rattled, he left commentary and walked up the stage and then like kind of cooled out or whatever it was and then came back down to ringside. But the important part was he apologized like right. immediately for his conduct on the air. Right, right. Which if you're going to work a shoot, you should work it realistically like that. Absolutely. You know, but in that case, Pillman didn't tell Heenan what was going on. So was that a shoot? Like I think in today's vernacular, it'd say, "And then he shoot grabbed him, dude." Right. You know, I know like, oh, it's the worst. You know, it's like okay, so he really grabbed him or whatever. You know, right? Um, and then another and one too shoot, was the uh, Kevin Sullivan Brian Pillman strap match, sure. made famous for the um, Booker Man comment. Yeah, but that was all part of this. That, that same that, that whole, same old story thing, arc right. we were discussing. There was like a I, I don't know if it was a pay per view or not. I think it might have been a pay per view. Yeah, we're supposed to be a strap match. Kevin Sullivan versus Brian Pillman. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. Okay, so you know that one, Kyle. But I'll tell everyone else that might not know. Uh, Pillman comes out of the ring. They kind of scuffle for like a minute. Then Pillman bails out of the ring after grabbing the microphone and just says, "I respect you, Booker Man," and then leaves. And then sullivan standing there kind of confused and arn anderson comes out in street clothes yeah and then they have a match to and, yeah. save it quote unquote right so which again work shoot shoot you know who knows so, like that was real exciting and compelling television to watch but what i hated about wcw was you would watch an individual show and you'd see all these great angles rolled out and boom 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 boom, boom. and then the next next week or even the next show all of that would be different. You'd see right. all these, you know, it was always the rolling out of angles, but never the 
development and execution and completion of these angles. Right, right. So. Yeah, well, it's that, you know, popping that instant yeah, television but and not going. Is this like, rain or is that your furnace? Furnace? Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like people think, it's like, oh, great. If all you have to do is buy when a stock is when the price is right then i'll only buy when the price is is right right Right. oh if we only just have to roll out people you know if rolling out angles is what gets people interested let's just roll out angles right no you gotta that has to be something to it yeah do you uh do you consider um wendy richter losing to the spider lady a shoot it's weird but sure it was i mean Again, was that a shoot or was that just a double cross? It was a, more of a double cross, yeah. I would think. Probably so, more than like else. she she shoot Pinder. Dude. I need you to shoot on her in the ring. We're performing a double cross. I'm pretty sure that vernacular was not used. Right. What do you think vernacular was used? Pretend you're Pat Patterson, and you're um, delivering the word from Vince to Mula what she needs to do. I don't have a Pat Patterson imitation. Oh, okay. Well, then, then let's uh, move on Probably to... something along the lines of, hey, Moolah, take the belt back tonight. Wink, wink. I don't even know if there's a wink. Nudge, nudge, say no more, say no more. Right? Patter- Patterson wasn't English. That's the, that's, the extent was of my, that's the extent of my Monty Python, thank God. Um, here's a favorite deep cut. Can I give oh, you a dear. deep cut when it comes to shoots? Uh, you're not going to shoot cut me, are you? I don't know what that means. but Meaning like you're not going to cut my face open with a blade of some sort? No, I'm okay. not going to do that, even though I've heard a bunch of those. Um, was it uh, Haku and uh, Hawk, Road Warrior Hawk in the bar? They were in Japan. Did you ever hear this one? I don't know. They were in so a, far, it sounds like they several were in, stories. They were in, Yes, they were in a bar in Japan, and there was like a maybe a black uh, basketball team or some team was in there of African-American gentlemen and they were uh, begging on wrestling saying it wasn't real. And like uh, Hawk had somebody go out and get a razor blade and he came back to the bar and then like cut him the guy and cut himself or something. That's all I remember. I can't remember the whole story. All I know Ming threw somebody out of a window out of a second story window in Japan. Compelling. I thought it was good, but that well, hold on. But this is what I'm getting to my deep cut. Can oh, I give oh, you oh that wasn't cut? it? No, not at all. Uh, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin and oh. Chris Champion. Okay. From my favorite team, the New Breed. Tagging up against uh, Rick Steiner and Kevin Sullivan in okay. a tag match. Okay. And at the very end of the match, um, so Chris Champion gets the hot tag and comes in and he's doing all these moves. And he does the karate kid thing and delivers the kick. And it hits Steiner right in the chin. Steiner bumps really well, but then like immediately gets like he really connects with it pretty good. Gets back up, throws Champion off the rope, and delivers a clothesline that knocks him unconscious. That was a good okay. one. Which is it just paying a receipt, or is that uh, yeah? What do you call in a shoot? That's what know? I'm saying. Right. So that's kind of like it's like what does it get into that weird area, you know? I think I look at shoot more so in the sense of, um, I don't say like Well, a it's a term that's got overused. 100%. But like, I think the quintessential to me would be that what we started out at the top of the show with, with the Doug Gilbert one. Something that's kind of wild and out there and like shooting from the hip, so to speak. Sure. Whereas I look at something that happens in the ring more as like paying a receipt, 
getting, you know what I mean, doing uh, a double cross, doing something else, what have you. But I mean, uh, speaking isn't really shooting. That's just... You're just saying that's how the terms got bastardized now? That yes, it's just, okay. yes, because, I mean, look at... Sure, you look at the Gilbert thing now and giggle, but imagine if you were the owner of a promotion having to deal with your valuable television time and one of your guys all of a sudden goes off script and says something that's just going to create just going to create issues in the back and isn't going to sell any tickets. Sure. You know, so it's like, ugh. let's see how it's, this is, this is similar to my theory of everybody that imagines life in the middle ages imagines that they would be royalty instead of a peasant. Right. It's like for shoots, everybody wants to, they want to see a shoot or they want to be involved in it, you know, so that they can be on the inside when the truth is, I mean, they're kind of uncomfortable and, right. you know, often lead to lots of trouble. Right. And in the outcome of it all, too, in my opinion, a lot of times makes pe- people look really, really foolish. Exactly. Like, if you've got some guy that's going through all of your job, men and breaking everybody's noses and everything, like, who's going to want to work with him? Right. You know? It's like, okay, you can, you can beat somebody up for real. Go do that. So right. So that... They know they're in a fight as opposed to, I'm going to stick my head out here for you to punch me and, you know, you take my fucking head off. What's, it's, what's it's the point of that? It's almost too all-encompassing now, almost in the way it's, like you said. like it's Everybody kind of, wants to be cool. Everybody, everybody wants, wants to, to use the term, right. You know, everybody wants a jacket. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I uh, that's one of the terms uh, with having, with my wife who doesn't like wrestling, uh-huh. as I've said numerous times. But that's the, um, she uses the terms work and shoot sometimes. And I think to myself, uh, there, it's, it's over. It's kind of over. Like she has said that to me. She's like, are, are you like, is this a work? Like when I'll be made, like, I'm like, yo, your dinner was really great tonight. And she'll go, is that a, are, are, is that a work? And then I'll go, no, it's a shoot. And then, and I think, and then this you is have a, sex on the table. No, and then I'm just like, this is stupid. Like, why am I talking like this with my wife? Yeah. And I'm like, it's gone too far. And then I say, no, it, it was really good. I love you. I love you. <laughs> yes. That's, and that's about it. But I'm just saying, like, it is kind of, and scene. as we know, but as we talk about it, it's the truth. It just kind of like, I, since it feels stupid. It was a good dinner. It was a great dinner. I yeah. mean, it was, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah. No, this is, and I'm I'm as guilty as everyone because when I first found out that wrestling words existed, I wanted to read every list and devour every word and get that and blah, 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 blah. And I've adopted, you know, I've adopted gimmick a lot in my real life. Yes, I have too. Um, I've adopted comeback every once in a while too. That's pretty good. A little comeback. Uh, my, my favorite was when Favre uh, came out that he might have post-concussion syndrome and everything, and I made the comment that ah, he's just getting color for his comeback. That's good. sure enough. Here there, he is. There he is. Cool. Hey, you can clear this one up for me. Um, I doubt it. Heat. Yeah. I feel like I've used it wrong for the last fifteen years. Probably. Um. So if someone's mad at me. Do I have heat with them, or do they have heat with me? What do you think? They would have. They would have. They heat would with initiate me. the heat with you, which would in turn, if you knew about it, if you don't know about it, they've got heat with you. If you know about it, then 
if if See, if you don't easy, well if it? you don't know about it then they have the heat at you but if you know about it it goes from being a unidirectional thing to recognizing there's a relationship between the two of you the we've got heat yes shout out to ben jordan and vito tomaselli yes good stuff um but so that so then it's just uh we got we have heat basically yes That's it. but technically it goes back to heat is what the heel generates by his actions to the baby face you're right. So that's what heat was. Because when someone was and mad, then that would get bastardized into, oh, we got heat, brother. When one of the many workers in my life was mad at me and talking to my wife about it at one point, saying, like, oh, he has heat with me. And she's like, what? And I'm like, like, he's mad at me. He's hot at me for something. And she's like, what are you? I'm like, he just, he's angry with me. Just whatever. I'm, I, and I just didn't know if I was using it correctly. So I've always kind of well, stuck to the. You were using it with your wife, so no. No, right, right, which is the first thing, right? Yes. But I'm saying heat in gen. Like I just was never sure, like if someone is mad at another person, who has the heat, or where is the heat coming from? Well, yes, but to define heat, the heat is the anger that the crowd would generate against the heel. So that's that. Anger so issue. I would be the heel if the worker was mad at me. Uh, well, that's whatever the fans in this case, anybody else. But just so you guys know, anyone deal. listening, I was not in the wrong whatsoever. In well, fact, that's a shocker. It was uh, just like our good friend Robert Fuller <laughs> with this podcast. Uh, it was clearly an overreaction by the workers. I don't have any heat with you. Anyone. You bet, Lennon. Okay. Very good. Hey, Derek, this was good. Oh, is not, that it? Do we yeah, have I think we were fantastic. Um, you know, what's cool, not only did we talk about shoots, we talked about getting some heat, getting some color, being stiff, potatoes, receipts. No, we, we used we every never... wrestling word you could possibly imagine. One thing it was... Uh, schmoz the... was used. No, we did not use I said, I said schmoz. Um, I always liked the term that was in the uh, Pro Wrestling Torch glossary called Bozark. What's that? Which was a female wrestler, but even they said it was old. But I haven't found anybody else that could verify that. Gotcha. What about uh, a Blumpkin? Uh, supposedly there's a story of Andre the Giant calling Hulk Hogan to his room in Japan. And when he came around the corner, the Andre, Andre was, was getting the Blumpkin. Kyle, you know what a Blumpkin is? Hey, boss. You better look it up. We'll look it up, my friend. Uh, but as far as shoots, again... Um, wrestling ultimately is a cooperation where you're looking to draw ticket money from the fans. So if you've got somebody that's out there shooting or going against what was agreed upon, now there's all sorts of differences between if somebody deviating from the script or somebody getting a little too stiff in the ring. Right. You know, and even if they're too stiff in the ring, are they clueless or are they being a jerk about it? You know, what do you do? Where, where is your level of shoot? What are you comfortable with? Exactly. You know what, Derek? This has been a lot of fun, and that's a shoot. Shut up. <laughs> uh, this has been a great uh, conversation that we've had. Miazark. Um, Bozark. Yeah, see, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, but I did. Um, I'm very proud through the wonder of Facebook. I did get an actual reply back from Mr. Jerry Jarrett. Oh, yeah? Uh, asking for... Blowjobs? Uh, no. I asked him for the definition of afterbirth as he used it in his book. 
because I haven't seen that in any glossary. And what was it, real quick? And we'll end on this. Uh, the afterbirth is the storytelling that happens after the bell rings. So you have your match, your finish, and then your afterbirth. Is this the afterbirth? We haven't. I don't think the bell's rung yet. It is right now. This has been Cigars and Conversations with Derek St. Holmes Esquire. We'll see you guys next time. I don't hear a bell.